0: And in five, four, three, two, one, there it is. I have successfully watched everything on Netflix. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hookline and Smiley Special Edition, and by special edition, I mean not what we planned at all. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It is crazy everywhere, but definitely in the Smiley household. We've had five kids. Colter came home from college. We actually tried to sit down and do the podcast, but uh, the first time you couldn't hear us through the surgical masks that we were wearing, and uh, we decided to go ahead and brave it and take those off, but then we realized our mic cables are not six foot long, so we couldn't keep the proper distance away from each other. It just has been a, it's been crazy. It has been absolute crazy. So we did not get to do a podcast again this week. I apologize. We really are trying to be dedicated to this, but fortunately, our good friend, comedian Carrie Pomeroli, Stopped by the house about two months ago, back when comedians could do shows, and she was doing a show in our hometown, and so we threw the mics up, and I did a quick interview. It is a quick, this is going to be a short podcast, but let's be honest, is anybody listening to podcasts? I mean, I think a short podcast is what people need, because what, you're only in the car for maybe six to eight minutes, going up to the grocery store. You're in there what four minutes, and then you you know pay for stuff, wipe everything down, and then head back. So, I think at most podcasts should be around maybe twenty minutes, but this one's a little bit longer than that. I do think it's entertaining because when two comics get together, uh, I think you know we we go for the the punchlines pretty quickly. Uh, before I kick it over to that though, I do want to tell you guys I am going to be I don't even know what to call it I'm I was asked to speak at my church this Sunday, so this podcast is coming out Thursday, so this Sunday at 9.30 Central Time, I was asked uh, to do some comedy, but also kind of share from my heart, so I guess that's what it's going to be, uh, comedic performance of the heart. It is going to be in my church building that has nobody in it. Uh, I think we'll have two cameramen. Uh, so I don't know how comedy is going to go over, but everybody on my Facebook is saying that I should be live streaming shows even though nobody's there. Uh, well, here we go. We're going to see what that's like. So if you guys want to tune in, I'll post a link on my social media pages on Instagram and, and Facebook. Uh, but it's Oak Ridge Baptist Church, and you can watch it through their website or through their Facebook. But I'll I'll post a link, and yeah, it's— <laughs> I'm going to pre-record it before a little bit before, so I'll actually be able to watch it with you guys. But I really wanted to just encourage people, so well, we'll see how it goes. But that's this Sunday at 9.30. Oh, one more thing. Uh, huge shout-out to all the teachers out there. I mean, everything's been turned upside down, and we're seeing teachers go above and beyond to help the students. I actually started to record this little intro and had to stop because one of Xander's teachers called me just to check on him. So, if you're a teacher out there, man, thanks for loving on our kids even more than you have in the past because uh, all the extra work of getting uh, Zoom conferences set up and, you know, lesson plans out to people, getting tablets to kids, like it's it's it really means a lot to us parents because we don't know what we're doing. There's, there's a lot of good homeschool memes out there now, you know, that parents are finding out that the teacher was not the problem, that it is actually their kid. I, I read one post that somebody said that their neighbor was out scraping the My Kid is a Super Student uh, sticker off the back of their car. It definitely makes us appreciate you, teachers. So huge shout out uh, to there. So that's it. Uh, hopefully we'll be back on track next week with uh, Sarah and I. But until then, enjoy Carrie Pomeroli. It's been a little long- Everybody say, Whoa! Okay, we're actually having another first here on Hook, Line, and Smiley. Uh, We are going to have a guest on. Our very first podcast guest. Yes. We were going to do like a big celebrity guest, but we thought we'd just start with Carrie and see how that goes. That's not nice.
1: That's not how you get more guests. uh, Well, I'm just so sorry that Shonda Pierce was busy. Yeah. Uh,
0: We haven't introduced you. Hush. This is not the way we do things. This is our first time. We don't have a tradition of doing this. But no, we've uh, we've been friends for a long time and I don't want to give you like the same old questions that you get on other podcasts and stuff like that. So, how did you get your start?
1: Uh, well, um <laughs> <laughs> I was following you know, your career uh-huh. very closely, and I thought, God, you know what I would love? I mean, God, not like, oh, my God, like, God, I'm praying. You can call me Bob. Um, I appreciate that. I would love to sleep on the bottom of a tour bus for the Newsboys for nine years and do comedy outside. And so I started doing Spirit West Coast, and then the rest is history. They offered yeah. me your job. And so... I'm... uh, Oh, wait a minute. I remember you. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I'm going on tour with the Newsboys uh, next fall, so I'm really excited. They don't know yet,
0: but... um, I would be jealous, but everybody is going on tour with the Newsboys now. Like, when I did it, it was like a big deal to be invited, but now, evidently, anybody that's ever been in the band or is thinking about being in the band, they're all in now. um,
1: And I think it's fun. We can talk about stuff that I normally don't talk about. Like, I had a A A-lister christian musician want to meet with me because he now midlife wants to make a career change and go into stand-up comedy and he's somebody (laughs) that you and i both know and he's like well it just looks really fun and i'm like no it's not dude is it it a singer
0: yeah and nick okay so tell me if i'm wrong but don't you meet most most singers that you hang out with they want to be comedians and most comedians like have a fantasy of being a rock star I mean,
1: I think that the bands get better food. Like, you've heard my stories that I'll be... I was doing a show with Thor Ramsey, and it's a bummer that I can't tell you these names, but if you write into this podcast, I will tell you all of them. And there was a Christian band, and they were in the corner because they had to have gluten-free, and we were eating, like, hot dogs made by grandma. You know, and then everything was... At those music festivals, didn't you kind of feel like we were the the nerdy kid table and the musicians...
0: Oh, people were scrambling trying to find sushi for the newsboys and I got trail mix and by that, I mean I'd lift up the couch cushions and whatever was under there, that's what I could, could have. And yeah, it's I, totally different the way you're treated.
1: And I don't think the musicians thought... I think they actually think that we are cool as comics mm. but when I was in the tents with them, I was so nervous because... When you host those kind of shows, their managers are yelling. I, I was in a huge feud with Rebecca St. James. She didn't even know it. But I didn't announce that her CDs <laughs> were available. And her manager's yelling at me from the side of the stage. Oh,
0: they're so particular more about minutes,
1: that. Ten more minutes. So I'm doing like outdoor comedy for 5,000 yeah. people that hate me because mm-hmm. I'm not... Re- and then, you didn't announce the CD. I'm like, you didn't tell me. He's like, Rebecca's going to be so angry. I'm like, oh my gosh. Now I'm in a feud with Rebecca St. James. Uh, that is not work for the faint of heart.
0: I will Uh, tell you. Yeah. I will tell you. I remember, um, I was opening for the supertones, which the lead singer, Matt Marjinsky, Mojo, he wanted to be a comedian. And so I would write a joke for him every single night and he would go on stage and tell it so he could live out his comedian fantasy because he, he loved comedy. And I would just look at him like, dude, you're a rock star. Like, how do you not like be happy with that? But he wanted to be a comedian and, but yeah, I've done all that festivals where um, the managers get super mad if you don't promote their, their CD or whatever they're hawking. Um, they'll give you a printed out paper that they want you to read out. Um, some people are so in love with themselves that uh, they have to to be introduced. They'll have a video of all the stuff they've done, like with right, the Tonight Show right. or it's Netflix so or it becomes like this eight minute intro. <laughs> um, do you know anybody like that? I, Carrie you know, Palmer- I, I,
1: I well, you know, of it's NBC hard fame when you've had Netflix. so many.
0: Hold on, I'm not done with your introduction. Yeah. TBN, CBN, uh, CBN,
1: Lifetime, uh, General Hospital, Show Business Tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Recently, writer for the Hallmark <laughs> Channel. But I would never want to be a singer because you can't fake singing. I seriously think you and I can phone it in and people don't know. Let's be honest. Oh,
0: I totally disagree, though, because you have to have the response yeah, but of a I, crowd. But
1: I
2: know how to...
0: But I, you're, you're not but used you to it. You
2: tried and true stuff you can go back to with very Bob, that's you can true. do a
1: show and not feel good and yeah. not be on your A-game and fake it to the point where people will not know that that was Well, crappy. it's
0: because you don't care if the audience <laughs>, laughs, but if I have an audience that doesn't laugh... I remember I was on tour with this guy named Riley Armstrong, and we were playing this coffee house, and it was the worst. We the the guy had booked us and forgot that he booked us, so they hadn't advertised it. So all these people are there having coffee, a lot of people on dates, and we're supposed to do the show in the corner of a coffee shop. I get up and I'm trying to tell jokes and get people to listen to me, and it's grueling because nobody wants everybody wants me to shut up. Riley gets up with his guitar and he just starts playing and just singing to himself. Not fair. And everybody, every once in a while, will look over at him and be like, oh, that's cool. That's good. You know, like, and then back to, he had such a better time because he didn't have to have the response from the crowd. And I think one of the things that I love about my friendship, Sarah, with Bob
1: is that Bob and I, um, joking aside, have been very blessed to have some really extravagant shows and thousands of people. And I'll call in and I'll be like, three standing ovations. It was amazing. And Bob will be like, were they for you? And then <laughs> yeah. to this day... If somebody gets up and leaves, right, that,
0: that is, that's not a standing ovation. you have been, to stand up to leave.
1: I've been doing comedy professionally for 14 years. And to this day... At least a couple times a year, I will call Bob and I'll be like, I'm in the Rectory. I'm in Puala Texas, <laughs> yeah. and there's 14 people. And he's like, well, the town only has 40, but I still have these moments where I feel like nobody loves me. Nobody wants to come to my shows. I'm a failure. And I'll literally call Bob and I'll be like, has this happened to you? He's like, yes. Last night I did this couples retreat and no couples came. But it's such a mountain, it's such a mountain molehill existence. I don't know if that's ever going to change. Maybe for our super famous friends that only do like booked theater shows. Or do you think it's God's way of keeping us
0: humble? I don't know. Hold on. I cannot get this cord. Got it. That's why you have to have a partner. Right. I remember I did a show in uh, Kellen, Texas, which is by Dallas for eight people. And we sat them on a couch and I did this show for eight people where I literally was doing s- jokes and going, oh, I see you really like that joke because I could point out. And like, you're like,
1: you guys have come hundreds of feet to be here tonight yeah, and yeah. I will be writing you each a thank you note. And it's a door deal. Those are my favorite shows when it's a door deal and I'm getting paid on who shows up and it's 47 people. Yeah. I, it wasn't even That's that That's where long I get calls ago.
0: from you though. I'll get calls from you going, I did a door deal. I should have never done that. And now... They, they said, made me buy a ticket, right, and like, I'm only getting year, 20% of that. They're
1: like, we're expecting 850, which translates to, if we pray hard enough,
0: 85. Yeah. We just added a zero. But uh, we've had an interesting... Well, wait a minute. Hold on. We got off the topic, because I was going to make a point. Like, on, You're not used to this, but on the podcast, I'm very professional. Wait, you're
2: making a point?
0: I'm very professional on this podcast. I did a show for eight people, drove all night back to Houston, flew out to California, did a show for 2,000 people. Same show, same yeah. material. The 2000 th- was rocking. They loved it. It was great. I sold a ton of merch. I still did two shows, you know, over two nights. Like it's always going to be like that. It's you're never going to know what you're going to get. I don't. I I think even people that get hugely famous and are you know huge ticket sales and stuff, they're still every once in a while going to jump up on an open mic night and just have a bad night, bad set, bad you know setup and stuff. I think it's just part of what we do. I think that is what sets apart comedians from other forms of entertainment is you could walk into a room and it's going to be a bad setup and you still are expected to go up and, and do your thing.
1: But that's when you learn from really great people that mentor you and teach you about hard work. Oh, thank you. uh, Yeah, well, Bob, you're a lot older than me, so it was kind of easy to follow in your footsteps. But when these little whippersnappers are like, you know, I want to do a DVD and I want to do a comedy career, and I'm like, how many shows have you done? And as Ron McGee, my friend, ex-husband would say, I think he used to say it was like 100 shows before you even know your name. Yeah. And 100 more before you have anything to say. But a lot of these younger not young age, but young in comedy, want to skip that step. And I do want to correct myself. When I have these small shows, I do try. Mm-hmm. Even if I feel sick, I broke my ankle last year and they gave me a, a scooter to ride because I couldn't stand up, but I have guilt issues. So I stood on one leg the entire show because I was like, I want them to know I tried, right? So don't you think there's something about comics? We want people to love us. So we overcompensate. Flamingo, um, I can
2: totally vouch for
1: that. <laughs> like there's something <laughs> love. about being a comedian. You got into that work because you didn't make cheerleading or nobody picked you for Little League. We're not yeah.
0: healthy. Right, yeah. Normally, n- most—I mean, I'm totally well adjusted, but most comedians <laughs> are uh, are most comedians are looking for that little extra hug that they didn't get in their childhood or uh, adolescence growing up. Kindergarten. They're looking, yeah, they're looking for that extra little, please love me. And so that's that. Most comedians are like that. I'll give you that.
1: I want to ask Sarah a question. Um, Bob says that the reason that uh he we Uh, we used to joke on the phone all the time because we would do shows together and we would tour and they would be like why are you guys not dating and I'd be like because I want a guy with a job and then he's like I want a girl who lets me finish a sentence and I'm like do you let him talk?
0: Boy, I got—I did not get my way on that.
1: I'm like, that's not fair. I think I'm a delightful listener, and i you don't seem demure and quiet to me.
0: You know what's funny? I called and talked to a Bone one time, and I just gotten off the phone with you, and he was like, uh, Smiley, what are you doing? And I was like, uh, oh, I just talked to Carrie. Uh, I'm sorry. I just listened to Carrie. And uh, oh, he was like, oh, so it was on the phone. Oh, yeah. yes,
1: because Bone's quiet. Yeah, and Bone doesn't talk. Bone does, talk. Well, okay. Bone knows, but okay, go ahead. Because Bone talks twice as much as I do.
0: Anyway, my wife was going to say something sweet about me. No. Pass.
1: <laughs> Sarah, like, he likes to talk because you married a comic, and it's not like you you don't seem like the kind of sit-by-the-sidelines, listen-to-his-stories-all-day kind of girl.
0: Well, we have a podcast now where she gets to talk, so...
1: You haven't let her talk this entire podcast, Bob.
0: I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. <laughs> Sarah, smiley. She's imaginary.
2: I I choose my words wisely. So
0: That
1: was a good example of that, yeah. Sarah. That was very... <laughs> I the- wait
2: until they need, have the best impact. Oh, we, I have plenty to say. We never do that. I'm looking for
0: us. my bull poop flag that I have to... Like, I'm the ref. Sometimes I have to throw a bull poop flag. You no,
2: know, in public, it's very, I'm definitely the demure one out of the two of us. Yeah, that is
0: true. But I in- don't
2: want to compete. I. That's true. I came from a family with a dad that was very well known, and so you didn't have a choice. You were just out in the open. And so I kind of like that I don't have to be anything. I can just play back up now so, at home i have plenty to stay to but, say, but if i if i get remarried again
1: to a guy who's not in the entertainment business because my mm-hmm. ex-husband was and is a comedian i don't know what that would be like because there's a small percentage of men out there that would be threatened
2: mm-hmm.
1: by my, i would say largest by business. my high success rate and yeah. my charming good looks which is so weird because i wasn't married to that guy she
0: had 47 people show up at her door deal <laughs> In Michigan a couple of weeks ago. Texas. (laughs) was it Texas?
1: Texas. It's our fault. And the town had 400 people. But I can't even imagine being with a guy that isn't excited. Ron was excited because I was making money and we shared a bank account. He's like, yay, I'm Stedman, you're Oprah. Now, we took that a little too far in the marriage. I was Roseanne and he was Tom Arnold. But I'm like, if I get together with a guy who's got his... I feel like I have to get together with somebody who's got their own
0: career. I honestly don't get this because... I. I and again, I know I've created a persona of me being cheap and you know all that. I would be totally fine being married to somebody that made more money than me. I don't get that guy. Yeah, I remember I was uh, on a date with this lady and I was like, you know, what what are kind of your goals? And you know, it was a first date getting to know. And she was like, I just I just want to find somebody that'll take care of me and um, you know I don't want to work. I just want to stay home and just be a homemaker. And I remember sitting there thinking me too <laughs> like that's what everybody would want you know to stay home and just not have to go and, and provide for the family or do it so I've never been threatened of like oh I need a I need a cave woman to stay at home you know all that but most men that I talk to they would be threatened by you they would be threatened that you are a successful comedian and in the in the limelight and for some reason men have this ego of you know, no, I need to be the the spotlight. And I I don't get it. I, I wish. But was I different. am
1: a little tired, so I'd be happy to take a backseat for a while. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of exhausting. It's funny, after being single for five years and being married for 12, the thought of having a partner to – my daughter said something to me. She goes, Mom, I hope you get remarried again. And I go, okay, yes, double Christmas presents. She goes, yeah, but like somebody to like help you out around here. And I was like, oh, I forgot what that's really like yeah. to have a partner in your life – I mean, yes, to help with rent, but, um, just like even to go through storms with, or to go through life with somebody to lean on after you've been doing it for such a long time by yourself, I think it could be intimidating to somebody who's like, I don't, I don't really need you. Like I'm doing fine on my own. Like you said, Sarah, Mm -hmm. somebody was like, I have to really bring an A game and I'm sorry that didn't happen for you, but, um,
0: (laughs) I brought a lowercase a,
1: (laughs) like a B minus. Yeah.
0: It's a strong C. I don't know. But don't we just know. talked about this because I got sick uh, over right after Christmas doing a show. And I texted Sarah that I couldn't talk when I woke up that morning. And she got me a doctor's appointment immediately to go get help. And I realized I'd never had a partner in life. Mm-hmm. And so we we actually just talked about that. It It is eye-opening when you've been doing everything on your own for so long to realize like – Oh, it's nice to have a partner, like somebody and to help you.
1: I would marry a workaholic. My friend's married to a workaholic and she, that's a huge issue in their marriage. Like he just works all the time and I'm like, I love it. That is so hot. Like they pay him and he works and I was like, I'm just having nobody and like no workaholic. So if you want to marry me and be a workaholic, like yes, I'm fine. Like that would be delightful. I don't know. It's it's very interesting to have you guys and talk to you. You have the second chapter in your lives. When you thought the first chapter was going to be the way it was going to be, and then now you have this different chapter that you're both really happy with, it sort of gives me hope, but I'm still tired even thinking about (laughs) endeavoring into
2: that. I would say, as I I don't have a career per se right now, I would say in my first chapter, um, my career was my children and my family. And that definitely, I took a huge hit when it came to being divorced and being that vulnerable. Um, And that's so sad. Like, that breaks my heart. It's terrible. That's just how the cookie crumbles. For Um, so many women, by the way. But when you become single and then have to take care of your kids on your own and make a space, like, it's very empowering. And then to choose to make yourself vulnerable again to a man, to me, it was very, um, it still is sometimes a struggle, but it's a very, like, spiritual decision for me. It's about trusting God to take care of me, not being stupid about it, not yeah. letting him go rogue. And, you know, we have, I think team is the best word because if he's successful, then our family is. And he does the same thing for me. I, I work part-time and he takes the kids on that day and helps, you know, get me out the door. Well, so. people don't
0: really I make lunch. her lunches. Oh, like I have her lunch great. to hand as she goes off to work. I love that.
1: But like, I yeah. think it's an honorable profession to have the, Opportunity to raise kids full time. I've not really had that or to be available for that. And I think that women really honestly get screwed over in a lot of divorces because they haven't worked. And then my really dear friend was going through divorce, and then her ex-husband was like, well, if she got a job, she would be making this much money, so I'm not paying child support. She can go get a job because she has a degree. Well, she hadn't worked in like 12 years. Yeah.
2: So she's like – And let me tell you what the job market is for a BBA with no experience. Right. And then you're used (laughs) to making $10 an hour. My babysitter made more than I did when I started out. And then what happens when your kid's (laughs) sick at school? And what happens when like the doctors
1: of women's – Like who's supposed to, people don't realize that is a full-time job that a lot of us working parents do as well as working a job. But no, I just think it's a, it's i I'm very blessed. I'm a, a homeowner in California and I'm making my living, but it is only by the grace of God. Bob and I talk about this all the time. We're like, it's only by the grace of God. And we mean that in the literal sense, right? By the grace of God, the phone rings and you're like, oh, there's my car payment. Like. We've lived that for so many years um, without the stability, right? Mm. Do you feel like there's any stability in your job right now?
0: No. And in fact, (laughs) uh, when we got married last December, so I had the ring, uh, had to pay for the honeymoon, had to pay for the wedding, the actual wedding. Like I had all these huge bills and all of a sudden my shows just dried up and I had nothing coming in and uh, it was one of the slowest years this last year, right after just Pretty much like not emptying out my bank account, but investing in all this extra money that I, you know, not really budgeted for. And then all of a sudden everything dried up. And it was one of those things of like, okay, well, you know, God, if, you, you- know, we're just going to follow you. And whatever you bless us with, and we were smart, we budgeted. We, you know, do you remember
1: what you said to me about summer last year? You go, I'm really I'm excited.
0: Listen to myself.
1: You say it. I'm really excited to see how God's going to provide. But when I, I, I do remember that, when yeah. I was going through it before you, which is weird because there's really not a reason comedians go through like a. You can't go. Oh, it was an election year because like, and then it's so sad because you'll look at your friends and they're all, you know, working like hotcakes, and you feel like it's something about you, but it's just a seasonal thing. But you were like, it will pass. Yeah. Like it will, but when you're going through it in our career, there's no guarantee, right? There's and we don't have other job skills. Like, what would you do if you could not do comedy sales? Yeah, he'd be good. You would
2: go, you would sell ice to an Eskimo.
1: Yeah. I know, but it would suck. <laughs> we he'd wouldn't be like so it.
0: Good at it. I, I'm really good at sales. I exhibit a to my left. Yeah, that's true. Uh, she's married now. Have
1: you ever thought about that? What you would do? I have,
0: and um, I, I say this all the time whenever uh, people ask me and they think I'm joking and I'm not. I'm good at mowing, and when I was in high school, I mowed. My brother and I had a mowing company. My joke on stage is, uh, and this really was true. It was called Smiley Brothers Mowing Company. We give you mower for your money, and we had a little sign up in our little store, and we mowed every widow's place. It was great. We made bank, like we made so much money. And I enjoy mowing, so I think now that Texas, we know there's a plan. Yards, like you can mow year, ten so. months a year, so yeah. I think I would mow lawns. I would start. I would can use my boys. I would, Don't you need to go empty the dishwasher? <laughs> um, so we. Uh, I think I would get my boys, and I would call it uh, American Teenage Mowing Company or something. And I think everybody would have the. And I'd play the patriotic thing of Hey, these are just." These are just try teenage to get boys it, just try trying to get through, through it. it, and um, Lose, old, use old pictures of them. Oh, like a would, couple yeah. years, yeah, old, yeah. like seventies. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think we would. I think people would hire my boys, and then I would show up as the manager, and we would mow.
1: But the good news for us is we have not pe- that I've
0: thought this through yeah. thoroughly. But
1: you and I have had these weird comics have weird conversations. We don't necessarily gossip about other comics. We just kind of look at what they're doing and go, okay. Like if they're okay, we're okay. So you and I. Stop reading your wife's texts. She's texting. Well, she's
0: texting while we're podcasting. I'm not podcasting. Y'all are podcasting. You're, you're in this. This is your podcast. Yeah, so two
2: comedians. I can pop in. Okay. Yeah.
0: But like you and I have had the conversations Wait. of,
1: well, this person's been doing it 10 years longer than us and like they have, they're doing cruises now. So like there's a path or like yeah, right, yeah. there's a few people that you're like, they've said to us, only the strong survive. Keep your head down. You know, that's Nazareth. An but like there's people that we can kind of look to. And they're not like going out to, in our career, there's not like an end date exactly. Right. Like the most highest earning female Christian comedian has been doing it for, what, 30 years now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I saw George Burns. He was like 90. I know. 94. And I, I got a cassette tape of his, one of his last shows and it was killer. Like he was on. Like, he was very, very sharp. He sang it, it, the whole from start to finish. He had uh, taglines, running gags. Like, it was it was a like full-on awesome set. So we could do, I mean, age doesn't but really I, factor in. I want to ask you. Yeah, Eddie Murphy just came I back. know, dude, he's freaking killed it on SNL. <laughs> did you watch him? We did. Oh, What'd you
1: think? I loved his opening monologue. Like, I loved it with Tracy Morgan. And we liked the opening epic. monologue.
2: We weren't impressed with the skits.
0: Well, Mr. Rogers made me laugh. Yeah. Well, because you grew up like that. In the hood, sure. But the Mr. Mr. Robinson and uh, the Gumby and and all the stuff that he was bringing back. You didn't grow up on that? You grew up with that. No, we're way younger. Right. And so we didn't know any of those skits. Right. So So just on skit level, we felt like we were expecting more. I
1: was about to ask you an age-related question. Okay, go ahead. Okay, because we're not the youngest comedians anymore, and we're not the oldest comedians, but we are with each passing year. Does it ever occur to you that that would ever be a problem with you getting bookings in the church world, being outdated or like they want – I I can't think of younger comedians that are hot on our heels or anything. I can give
0: you a list of them because this is how I know I'm becoming one of the older comedians.
1: I don't keep up with them and I don't want to talk to them, so they don't know me.
0: I look at my messages on Facebook. It is over 50% of comedians wanting me to mentor them now. And I'm like, oh, am I really the old comic now that people want? And I do. I I like, I help people out and help mentor, but you actually, I was going to say this earlier, but when you were talking about like uh, people whining about, you know, getting their career going and stuff, I I have a comedian that he's a friend of mine. I've kind of helped him a little bit. He, uh, my dry bar comedy special came out oh, and it did for really well. Up. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. And then, oh, I forgot that. They burned
1: mine. Didn't they, you say that you found out, they did they burn it, Bob, or is it just They like... said
0: it wasn't worth the match. Yeah. I don't know what that <laughs> it's meant.
1: It's in the vault. It's but, in the round file. Uh, <laughs> so your dry bar. Your, I totally your forgot dry about bar. This. I did not
0: mean to bring this up. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> it's such a. <laughs> it's
1: Love you, here's dry my, bar. Drybar.com.
0: Here's my point. My special came out. And his came out like a little bit after that. Oh, so
1: the young comic who's the young comic. not as good as me and he has was, got a special on Dry And Bar. he was
0: complaining because he wasn't getting as many hits and he was like like discouraged and all that. And I was like, dude, can you just stop and be thankful that you got a Dry Bar special? Can you give my special? number?
2: What is he, year two?
0: He's like year, can yeah, you, year two. Oh, thanks
1: for bringing that up. But it's but it's not my point. We're not
0: going to be able to to move it off you, but what my whole point behind it is this kid has been doing it for like two years. I know he got a dry bar comedy special because when I was starting out I had to fight and 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 try to get a show in Alma Arkansas at 4 a.m for the junior high lock-in so that I could keep my career going and a lot of these young comics are getting these specials or YouTube clips that are blowing up and they're they're like why is it taking me so long to to you know get hugely famous and I'm like dude it it takes like 10 you've got to do 500 shows before you're actually comfortable well and my proteges
1: have done really well i take full credit for christian
0: weber and lisa mills who uh christian is remember we she served us at the drive-thru oh at right sonic yes, exactly. i wanted sarah to know who you're talking uh, about yeah
1: but i worked them <laughs> i worked them and worked them and worked them and worked them and they have put in the time and you know but i've had plenty that have come and gone and said you know how you know you're getting old you get asked to do panels I get asked to do that, making what, yeah. it, making it. Yeah, And I'm like, dude, I just got done with the dollar store. What do you mean making <laughs> it? Like, that's not even a joke, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get asked to do a lot of, like, symposiums on, like, making it in Hollywood. I was like, and I was like, and then here's has a question, you know, define making it. And my friend Angela Hoover is a comic. She goes, we make a living with our dream job. Like, that's making it to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I own a house. I pay a mortgage. And I get to do jokes for a living. I've made it. I really
0: have. But with our job, it's like, well, I hope I keep making it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, how do we keep it going? How do we keep it going? Like, the, the most stressful part of my work day to day was untangling these cords to do this podcast. Well, and that's it.
1: you know how famous... I want to be Shonda Pierce famous. She's a Christian comedian. I said to her many years ago. How famous are you? Can you call Hawaii and say, Shonda's coming, and then you get a show? And she's like, ah, absolutely. That's making it to me. And... Going to Whole Foods and getting the lunch buffet, not on a sale day. Those two things. Like not
0: even caring. Just be like, like, top it off. Yeah,
1: it's 6.99 a pound, and I'm getting the heavy stuff and not eating it on the way to cash register. That's when I know I've peaked, (laughs) and I can call Hawaii and be like. we're
2: going to go to Sonic and it not be happy hour.
0: No, we're not. (laughs) No, (laughs) we're not. We
2: do have comic friends that are that
1: well-known that they can go, Aruba, I'm coming, and they get to have a show.
0: Oh, absolutely. Not yeah. a lot, a yeah. few. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like I've got friends that are, that have that power and they don't use it. And I'm sitting there going, oh, why would you? Have you ever considered,
1: does it ever scare you to go, I've only got, like sometimes I go, okay, my 40s, I'm good. Like I'm solid through my 40s. And then maybe in my 50s it, I won't be as relevant or they won't want to book me. Then I was like, oh, I'll just lie about my age because I have young children. But then I have comic friends in their 50s that are still like, of course, I can't tell you who they are because they'll kill me. But they're still working. Okay, so I don't know if age comes into way. this. We
2: talked about this today about aging because mm-hmm. I'm. We did face mask last night, and I'm trying mm-hmm. to teach him about moisturizing. Thank you, and Jesus. Ing-
1: Somebody need to do something. Right? right, let her talk.
2: Keeping the keeping the wrinkles down and stuff. I'm like, that's your moneymaker. If he was a female, he would have thought about that in his twenties. Like he would be very familiar with Botox. Like you don't. Yeah. it's like sexy as his age. Like anybody that's prominent as a female I think we have to worry about what we look like
1: not in just, comedy Sarah not really stage. we're not getting a calendar
0: yeah you're definitely not but it, but, but it is true like the rules, aren't the, same. the rules aren't the same but I'll give you I'll give you an example and he wouldn't mind me saying this um Bob Stromberg yeah has been doing it forever he works all the time and I saw him do this theater in Franklin, Tennessee, and I'd seen him like two years before, and I'd seen him a lot, you know, because we were working together on a lot of the same stuff for a while. So I knew all his stuff, and he is a very, very much older comedian. He gets up, he does like, you know, a full set. I would say 80% of it was brand new stuff I'd never heard, and it was killer stuff. And he's still cranking it out, still in command of the room. If I can be performing at that level, no matter what the age is,
1: then I'm still going to be okay. But I do think about it sometimes to go, okay, I got to do – for me, it's I got to do as much secular work in Hollywood credits because I feel like people hire me based on that. Bob gets hired based on his looks. But um, the more Hollywood stuff I do, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's – it is bookable stuff to say, oh, she's been on this. And I'm like, now it's so old. Oh, she's been on The Tonight Show with Leno. At least I have now my Hallmark credits which is still old people. But I'm like, I got to get some more Hollywood stuff so at least I still have that. I don't want to be that one where my resume is all like 10 years, you know? Right.
0: Right. We actually are going to have to start wrapping this up because I've okay. a, she does have a show uh, tonight. Wait, when is the grocery store opening? Uh,
1: it's actually not a grocery store. I'm performing in a living room because it's New Year's Eve. And so oh, I, yeah. Uh, last year I was in the foyer, and this year they invited me back for the living room, and I'm on the oh, balcony. you're playing the,
0: the main room. Yeah,
1: I'm playing the main room. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty big. It's at 8 o'clock because it's a Christian show, so we're doing Paris New Year's. Oh, nice. It's time to go out afterwards. Yes. You're going to call me and invite me to that Europe party that you guys are going yeah. to, that rager <laughs> I'm like, you guys are going to a hot party. This is true, people. I'm like, it's a hot new Yeah, it's gonna rage. I'm like, what? It's like our friend's birthday. How old is she? 15. I'm like, cool. <laughs> that's not creepy at all.
0: It's great. Free tamales. Like, oh, is awesome. there tamales? Oh yeah. Oh I'm dang sure it. it. Any karaoke yeah. machine? I'm the karaoke you. machine is gonna be awesome. Yeah, we're it's gonna be fun. Um, I do want to get a couple of uh standard questions out. Uh when you first started, uh when did like how long before you became a fan of mine?
1: Probably I wasn't a fan until, me. until I realized that all those Tim Hawkins jokes weren't yours. So, so no, here, here's
0: a here's a serious question. Um, how, how long and do you remember the exact time whenever you were doing stand up where you you first felt, oh, I can do this? Like, oh, I thought you were going to be, like,
1: you first felt that you were, like, in love with Bob Smiley. Um, like, my daughter. Oh, by the way, Lucy says you're not her favorite comedian. Lucy. What? Yeah, Lucy says Lily Tomlin is her favorite comedian. I'll That's take that. I'll take that. Yeah. And I'm second, and her dad is, like, tied for Wait a second. Minute. You
0: moved up I did, I did above me?
1: Okay, so... I knew that I could do it. true story. First time I ever went on stage. First time I ever went really? on stage was a Hollywood. I cheated so hard. I went to a comedy class. I took six weeks of comedy and then we showcased at the Hollywood improv, but it wasn't just a showcase. It was like with other comics and I've been doing groundlings and acting my whole life. And I went in and I just got the bug. I was like, I'm I'm in, I'm, I'm totally in. And I've never stopped doing comedy since then. So my first oh, wow. show. Okay. And I've never bombed. So I don't know what you're talking about. Bad show. Oh, that's weird. <laughs>
0: Our tour. Yeah, let's talk about that. We are putting together. So we've, uh, the last couple years, so we had a cool thing, not a cool thing, but we both were going through um, the splits of our marriages. Yeah, and Ron kept trying to
1: get in our phone conversations. My ex-husband, he was sad. Which I'm
0: friends with him. Which the three of us, I know, I
1: was like, can I go on tour with you? So was it your idea or
0: mine? So I really do attribute this as a kind of a God moment. So you knew my ex- uh, we had done stuff together, uh, cruises, cruises and stuff, and she left, and I was keeping it kind of hush-hush. The The church, you know, there was two families breaking up, so the church was kind of figuring it out, Yeah. and I told Hawkins, and I think I told Streblow. and but I wasn't telling anybody, and then you called me one day. I was standing right there, right really? over by the, the stove, and you were like, I don't know why, but I've, God keeps making me feel like I need to tell you. Do you remember this? Yes. And you were like- Ron and I are breaking up. Uh, or no, we we have broken up. Yeah, yeah. Because we and were very... You guys were done. Yeah. And you were like the first comic. Yeah. And you go, I don't... And you said, we're not telling anybody. I don't know why. But I'm I telling felt you. felt like I'm supposed to call. And I said, because I assume like Strebler or, or Hawkins right. had told Which you. Which they never did. I said, well, I guess it's because what, you know, Wendy and I are going through. And you, you were like, what? And I was like, yeah, Crazy, you know, right? like she left. Like she just walked in like I'm here with the boys and... Did not know. And you didn't. And... There was that moment, and again, I was standing right over there by the stove uh, where now Sarah usually stands, and I was like, I felt like maybe God had something, like he was putting something together. But we had
1: our friendship. I would call you, I remember calling you from the carpool lane at school crying a couple times saying, is it going to get better? Because we had our divorce buddy friendship before we ever decided to tour together. I just, I hate it so much. And then you would be having a good day and
0: you'd be like, it's going to be okay. So I feel like we both healed a little bit. Yeah, it was good to have somebody that was going through it. kind of In the, the same moment. moment. Yeah, to bounce stuff yeah. off. Yeah, but then we came up with the idea of like, well, maybe we have a message because we both were finding out that we were now single and there wasn't a lot out for single people, uh, especially in churches. Right. So we came up with the idea to do this uh, tour called Singles Not a Four Letter Word. Uh, we've done this for the last couple of years. Yep. Had uh, pretty good success. Great. Not a-
1: like 1,200 people showing up for our shows is yeah, so really good.
0: Ha- so here's the problem. Churches don't have a budget to bring in for single stuff. I know. But the ones that have, we've sold out like every single Every time. show. Because there's a huge need for it. But now, since one of us uh, was Sold able to move Sold themselves
1: on, down the river because the ink had barely dried on the divorce papers. Answered the
0: call to go and save another family. He's like, okay, distress. Cupid,
1: I'm here. Mm.
0: But, so we started uh, talking about, so we are now, you and I are going to put together are a we? new tour. I'm still
1: waiting. No, I'm ready. And I'll, I'll say the name so people can get excited, okay. right? It's, it's funny because it's... Basically, you replacing Ron from my old marriage (laughs) (laughs) tours, but we're gonna call it the He said, she said. Because you and your husband toured, Toured.
0: you guys toured, yeah. uh, And one of your one of your DVDs was two Two comics Comics walking 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 into church.
1: Ron wants to go on tour with us. Like I'm like, you can open. Um, He wants to go on tour with Rich Prater and Bone and call it the X's tour. Oh, that's good. But uh, so Bob and I were like, okay, fine. If they don't have a budget for singles, we'll just go on tour and invite everybody because we're funny. No yeah. matter what. And uh, so I think we're going to do that if you ever get around to sending me. So what's the tour going to be called? He Said, She Said comedy tour yeah. starring Carrie Pomeroli. So
0: if your church is looking for a comedy show uh, for couples or even just for the, the church, it's really going to be for everybody. But we're going to do a, a He Said, She Said kind of and comedy tour.
1: we'll never get divorced. So we're not like those ministry right. couples that tour with Family Life today and then they can't get booked again because they get divorced. We will never get divorced.
0: And Sarah will open for us. And Ron. That, and Ron. Oh, that'd be great to have Ron come out and open yeah, it. Yeah, I think it would be a good show. <laughs> um, okay, well, we're going to uh, bring this to a close. I do want to compliment you on not mentioning uh, your books at oh, all. Oh, I forgot um, about them. Because I know I wrote two comedy slash devotional books for... Middle school kids uh, through Focus on the Family uh, called Devotions for Super Average Kids. We should talk about that. Where do you get them? Where do you you get your books? uh, BobSmiley.com, your homepage. Or there used to be a thing called bookstores, uh, Christian bookstores. You remember that? Mm -hmm. Um, You walk in. Yeah, I think if you go in... I, most of them are condemned, but if you cross the yellow tape...
1: They're in airports now.
0: They'll still... <laughs> yeah. I did stop and look for your book at the airport I, kiosk in I, Houston.
1: I have a writing campaign into choicebooks.com, and I've got some of my super fans writing into choice books um, saying, why don't you have Carrie Palm release yeah. books? Which is funny, I have books. Am I allowed to mention that on your podcast? Yeah,
0: I mean, I was joking about talking about my uh, devotions... Were uh, you? ...for middle school kids but out by Focus on the Family. Um, but... Yeah, because some people accuse me of like promoting myself all the time, or focus uh, on the family. But yeah, well, that's who yeah edits and uh, publishes the ever popular
1: Average Boy series. Is Oh that what yeah, you're that's, referring that's to? what I do.
0: Yeah, I've been doing it for eighteen years. But I brought that up not to talk about that, but to uh, give you a segue to talk about your books in closing. Well, oh, uh, that's all the time we have. Uh, but it's been really great having you on, Carrie. You're listening to Hookline and Smiley. And, no, do you and want to by tell the way,
1: that? I got 37 celebrity testimonials, the president of Master Media, Food Network star, Hollywood celebrities, and who is on the back of my freaking book but Tim Hawkins and Bob Smiley yep. and Kristen Weber. And Bob, your quote made me cry because I think you said- I got emotional. Um, this is the best book I've been asked to endorse this week. And then Kristen said, this book works well as a coaster. Yeah. There was a lot of love on the back cover of my
0: book. Here's the thing, though. It sounds like a joke when I wrote that, but I was asked to endorse three books that week. Oh,
1: wow.
0: So that really was the best book. It wasn't like it was the only book. I know that's the implied joke, but the other two were terrible.
1: And (laughs) And the title of my book is called Confessions of a Proverbs 32 Woman, and you actually wrote a chapter. I did in the devotional, which is the only reason I would dare bring it up on your podcast. Yeah.
0: So, no, check it out. It's go. really good. But you have two books that I've read both of them and Liar. are really good. No, I, I, I'm serious. Cover to cover. I read the opening, do you call them monologues? Prologues? Yeah. I read those. But tell them what your books are called.
1: Confessions of a Proverbs 32 Woman. And she rises late and her kids make her breakfast. Devotions for the Proverbs 32 woman with a chapter by Bob Smiley.
0: Yes. So you can check all that out. Uh, You can find that at bobsmiley.com.
1: And why do I smell
0: smoke? Oh, my wife's lighting candles.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, I might interrupt. We had a... Romance
1: time. It's 410. Gotta go. One thing I find out is... uh,
0: Oh, that is that candle. Okay. I gotta go. So this was obviously recorded before the coronavirus uh, took effect and canceled all shows because we were talking about our show schedules being slow. But the message is still good. God is in control. So I hope you guys are staying safe, taking advantage of some great family time, and I hope you guys are making a lot of woo moments.